For sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. Hey, and it's me, Jay. Well, folks, the time has finally come. We've had about five or six games under our belts. The NHL season is officially official, official, officially official underway. Uh, Pete, we've we've had some uh, uh, some exciting moments. We've had some surprises. We've had, um, you know, there's there's this there's this thing called hope. Which is really weird <laughs> to have this early on, but we are hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. That's exactly right. So, uh, Pete, um, you know the the with everything that precipitated the season starting, uh, it's nice to see that uh, you know goal scoring is consistent. Uh, uh, saves are uh, present. Uh, I, I have to give a shout out to. Uh, was it Dubnik who made the save on the opening night? The the yeah, it, it yeah. was Dubnik. Okay, so shout out to Devin Dubnik for invoking the spirit of Dominic Hasek and completely robbing Gustav Nyquist because if the Wings had not gone have not are not currently four and one, like let's say they were one and four, like that would be the save that was that's what everyone would look back at and be like, that's when we knew this year was going to stink. <laughs> the the one save that defined everything. Uh, Pete, what are your first thoughts? What, what, anything jumping out at you? Yeah, I think I, in preparing for this, I, I went online and I looked up uh, some statistics uh, to try to see, you know, which teams were, you know, which teams were outperforming their underlying stats. You know, because, you know, a small sample size, it's not hard for a team that you think is going to be terrible to, you know, win a few in a row. Um, you know, not to bring up bad memories, but I think Detroit went 6-2 and two to start the season last year, and they ended up missing the playoffs. You know, it happened, and it happens the other way, too. You know, there's other teams that, you know, they start off, they just lose a whole bunch of games, and then, and then all of a sudden something clicks, or, <clears throat> you know, maybe... Uh, you know, maybe their their puck luck turns around and, and, you know, shots that were hitting the post are just going wide now, you know, go in, you know, an inch, you know, inch closer and, and are goals instead of saves or miss shots. So, you know, I was trying to look and see which teams, which teams are either outperforming what you would think or are um, underperforming what you think. And so I'm just going to start off with, with teams that I think are, are outperforming, like teams that I think are, are going to be due to, to come back to earth. Jay, do you want to do you want to do Eastern Conference first? You just want to split yeah, up? Yeah, let's do Eastern Conference. Why not? I mean, you know, it's it's our conference now. After yeah. after being so up to speed on the the West for eight hundred years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do the East. So I think um, looking at looking at the standings, I think obviously New Jersey is definitely the surprise team in the East. And I don't think they're going to keep it up. I'm not saying I don't think they're going to be terrible. I, I'm not. Or wait, I'm not saying that I think they're going to be terrible. I'm not saying that they can't make a run at a playoff spot. I think they definitely can. I think they've shown that. Uh, Corey Schneider is, you know, always going to be a good goalie. You know, he's 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 always been consistent throughout his career. 
last year, you know, last year had an off year for him, but you know, if, I think he can definitely bounce back this year. You know, they're 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 getting some scoring uh, from places they didn't really, you know, you didn't really think they were going to get some scoring. And so, I mean, New Jersey is again, they're not a bad team, but they, they, you know, if you look at their record right now, they are four and one, you know, top in the Metropolitan. Um, I guess tied with Columbus for that. And I don't think they're going to be able to hold that up. I was looking up. Um, if you go on, if you go online and you search out Sean Tierney's uh, Tableau sites, uh, it's T A B L E A U, and then Sean Tierney. If you look at his stuff, he has uh, some some tables for this year, some visuals. And one of the ones that's really interesting is goal uh, goals for percentage differential. And so basically, what it is, it's difference between the the actual teams goals for, you know, the goals that they're actually scoring and the goals that they would that that they would be expected to score based on shot quality, you know, shot location and things like that. Um, and New Jersey is the second on the list of outperforming. Like they're outperforming by over 20%. So they're actually like 23%. And that is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. <laughs> it's just, it's uh, just not. Icarus is flying so close to the sun right now. He could he could make he could burn his toast on it. It's, it's oh. Exactly. And the other team too that that I think is going to come down to earth is uh is Ottawa. I had them I think I had them missing the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they made the playoffs. You know, it's you know, you know that whole that whole division is is kind of tough to predict. But Ottawa right now is uh you know, is outperforming their their goal score percentage by 15% and again, I just don't think I don't think that's sustainable. So I think I think Ottawa and New Jersey are your two teams in the East that are, you know, going to come back to earth what do you think uh i would have to agree i uh i mean you can look at ottawa's record right now i mean yeah they're three oh and two so they have a couple of overtime losses but gosh that's yeah yeah <laughs> that's it's kind of amusing to see um you know yeah they you know like you have this ability to kind of start fresh out of the gate here and i i don't know i Looking at New Jersey, it's it's tough to I don't know what's the word. It's it's tough. I mean, it's always tough to root for them. <laughs> it's all it's always <laughs> tough. But uh, you know, when you have this ability to kind of take some people off guard, bank the points early, because because that's that's the way it's it's been for at least since the the new parity with with how the teams are laid out now. I think th- th- those teams that are poised to not really perform well, you know, obviously have a way better chance if they can kind of, you know, catch people off guard, right? Like, like look at how these teams, like we previewed them. There's, there's, we didn't really miss anything. (laughs) Like the, (laughs) like we have, you have to realize that the, you know, the bell will toll for them at some point. So, you know, if they, if they do want to take some people by surprise, you got to do now. Strike, strike while they have no idea that it's coming, because by the time the end of November, December rolls around, everybody's going to pretty much know your routine, and then you really start to have to have to dig deep. So, yeah, I I, I would say the same. Uh, my other joyous uh, revelation was I think it was like two games in, and I think the the Leafs were like two and zero or something, and I, what their 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 goal differential right now is like plus seven. But they talked to Babcock, and he was like, "Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. It, it's not going to last." <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I I love when coaches can just come out and say, "Like, listen, it's a lot of fun right now. I I, I don't get me wrong, but it's not going to last. So don't <laughs> don't 
Don't make it. Don't get comfortable. There's there are going to be some terrible games, and and that's and that's exactly what um, we should be prepared for. So. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, speaking of speaking of teams that were hot out the gate last year, um, th- you know that could work. I mean, Columbus, you know, nobody nobody expected Columbus to be as good as they were last year. Everybody kept saying, "Okay, when are the wheels going to fall off?" And they certainly regressed as the year went on. You know, they weren't able to keep up that pace, but they built up enough points, they built up enough of a lead that even when they did start to regress, you know, they still they still had easily enough points to make the playoffs. So. Yeah. You know, at least one of these teams could, you know, have a hot first month, hot first two months, and they could, you know, build up enough points that that could give them that cushion. Uh, One thing I was looking while you were talking is um, if you look at the PDO stat, which is – you know, just like any stat, just like any of these advanced statistics, you you can't look at these in a vacuum. Like you can't look just look at one number and think that it tells you the whole story. Um, however, if you look at New Jersey and you look at Ottawa, their PDO is one oh one oh eight, basically one oh seven point nine seven for New Jersey, and then Ottawa's one oh three point eight three. So those are you know number two and number four in the league respectively for you know the highest. And if you don't know, uh, PDO is it's basically a way of measuring. Luck is like the easiest way to call it. It's not exactly that, but it basically combines your team's shooting percentage and your team's save percentage. And over time, they will regress to roughly about 100, right? So 100 is pretty average. So if you're over 100, again, it doesn't mean that you can't, like, you know, there are teams that finish the end of the year with a PDO above 100. You know, it doesn't mean it's going to go back to 100, you know, as a rule. It just means over time, the trend is that it will regress. You know, so, you know, some of these teams, like if you look at Washington right now, which is actually another team, uh, Washington, I mean, I think they're they're better than the other two teams we were talking about, but I don't think they're as good as they are right. You know, I don't think they're going to be this good all year. Washington right now is shooting 14.8% as a team, which is not sustainable. You know, that's going to come back to earth, um, yeah. and that's going to – you know they're going to continue to be good, sure, of course, but you know, yeah. you know, you can't sustain that shooting percentage all year. So, with that in mind, Pete, I actually want to ask you kind of an existential type question as a fan, not as sure. not as a you know the, the highly analytical people that we are. Would you prefer a team suck for the first part and then kind of find their groove and then you know do do something nice, or do you? Do you like teams that start out hot that give you that good feeling, but then just kind of peter out at the end, and then you just kind of, you know, hey, the playoffs are happening, so now it's so now it's fine. I think, I think it's easier as a fan to have the first one that you said, which is where you start off slow and you're able to to pick it up, because you know. The the you know the the 1990s were a very tough time for me as a hockey fan because every year was like this is the year that the Islanders are gonna do it this is the year they're gonna you know they're gonna do it <laughs> and you know 92 93 they go on a really good run uh, you know beat the defending Stanley Cup champions uh, Pittsburgh Penguins knock them out lose to Montreal uh, in a really hard fought series Montreal went to win the cup that year you know so I mean they were pretty close to to doing it all that year and then the next year they they go into the playoffs and they get swept in the first round against the Rangers, you know, which is their their huge rivalry team. Uh, and then after that, it was like, you know, playoffs, what's that? So <laughs> there were a lot of times where they would get off to a really good start, and you you get, like we talked about, you get that hope. Oh, my God, this is it, this is it. This time Lucy's not going to pick the football up. This time I'm going to kick it. And then inevitably, 
reality would set in and it would like I think that's worse. I think it's worse as a fan to get that irrational hope like right now and you know even though this is an NHL podcast, you know a lot of our listeners right now are, you know, Red Wings fans coming from the Wim community. You know, and so right now, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, "Oh, maybe the Red Wings are better than we thought." Like they're really not. Like I mean, don't get me wrong. As a fan, I would love for them to be on a four and one pace all year. I mean, that would be fantastic. You know, I don't want them to be bad. I mean, nobody, no fan wants their team to be bad. But right. it's just they're not going to keep this up. At least in my opinion. Um, I would love to be proven wrong. I would love for them to, you know, you know, win their division. But you know, if it's just, it's probably not going to happen over time. Like they're going to regress, and the mistakes that they're making are going to start to end up in more goals. Jimmy Howard is not going to have a nine five five save percentage all year, and you know, they're going to start giving up goals on those chances that they're getting away with now. Um, and they're going to, you know, probably be where we think they are, which is probably not a playoff team. Yeah, I I I, I agree. I I would prefer teams. At least my teams. I, I'm okay with them kind of sneaking out of the gate. I mean, in the first place, I think that strategy, I think, helps more with baseball just because the, the month of April is just a wasteland of like, oh, so you're going to start like, you know, people are going to be upset that you went 500 in the month of April. It's like every, everybody does. We've, we've been in Florida the last, two, last month, all right? Like, <laughs> you're asking us to come back to, you know, the 20-degree weather and play baseball and expect to be like out of the gate perfect but you know i i, I think hockey and and, and basketball and, and football obviously you know strong starts are are so vital and it just sucks that there's so much of that pressure that can like like we said lead to either an, an un sustainable or a or a or a false foundation of like maybe we are good maybe we can know you know surprise some people it's no no the, the, this is this is the this is everybody high fiving like it's good for now. It's good for now. It's good for <laughs> good for now. Good for now. Yeah. And then and then we'll go from there. So yeah, I, I I I like teams that can start off okay. I don't need like if you're out of the gate like okay. Granted, we're only five games in here. Like if we check in on all you know, let's look at all the teams when we're like twenty games into the season, see where everybody's at, and then we can start to discern whether or not people are, are bucking the trend and, and flipping the script. But this is, yeah. you know, there are a lot of bad periods that are going to be had, my friends. Like, <laughs> and it's not just, we're not just talking wings here, guys. There will be, there will be periods that all fans will shout to the heavens in, in, in tireless agony. So just, just prepare yourselves. Now, Pete, that that's the Eastern conference. Oh, hold on. Hey, before we, before we move, what, what do we do? What Sorry. Do we do? No, I'm just saying. Before we move on, let's talk about. Um, I wanna, I wanna leave. There's, there's, there's two teams that I want to talk about after everything. There's two teams that are off to horrendous, horrendous starts, and I mean Buffalo and Arizona. And so I want to <laughs> save them for last, and I want, I want to wrap yeah. up this segment uh, with talking about them and like, do we think that they are going to be this bad all year? But before we do that. Um, I'll let you go first on this one because I went first last time. So in the yeah. Eastern Conference, what are a couple teams that are off to a bad start that if you, you know, were able to reach out to their fan base and say, it's going to be all right, don't worry, it's going to be okay, you know, you're going to be fine, it's just a little rough patch. So so who do you, who do you think is, is bad in the East right now that won't be bad all year? Bad in the East but won't be bad all year. Um, 
Philly, I'm looking at you. I don't think it's going to be bad all year. I I I think you're going to be able to to get right back on your own two feet. You know, you're you're sitting. What is it right now? You're sitting fifth in in the Metropolitan. Um, you're you know you're you're only two points ahead behind the the, the leading New Jersey Devils. All right, it's going to get better. All right, so you know you got your your three two and zero. Oh. It's it's kind of meh. Um, Carolina, ha. Huh. I, I I don't know. I'd like to say it's going to get better. You've only you've only had three games and you've gone one one and one. So you you pretty much you. <laughs> the only way to go is up. So you can do it. I believe in you. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I, I would definitely go with Carolina too. I think Philly is right about where I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be a bubble team. Um, as always, just so I don't have to keep saying it, like for a lot of these predictions, I'm not going to be too surprised if they're wrong. Like Philly, I think could definitely make the playoffs. You know, they could go on a run. They could be last in the East. But I mean, I think it's 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 pretty likely that they're going to be right around a bubble team, looking for a spot. You know, last month of the year, I think. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the basement of the East, and I I think Carolina is going to be okay. They were they were one of my picks to to have a really big year this year. Um, you know they only played three games. I think that's the least in the league, or like definitely tied for the least in the league, if not if not totally. I'm um, just scrolling through real quick. I don't think anybody else has played three. Nope. Yeah, the only team in the league that's played three games, and so just because of that, you know, I mean, some of these other teams have played five and six. You know, so. It's not surprising they're, that they're they're low, but I mean they're going to be just fine. I think Scott Darling's going to be okay. Um, I think their defense is going to is going to play really well. So I you know I, I wouldn't worry if I was Carolina. Uh, then we have two teams that that are interesting. I think one of these teams should worry and one of these teams shouldn't worry, and they are Montreal and the New York Hockey Rangers. <laughs> I think that I think that the Rangers fans should be worried. I think that this could be the year that they. They take a big down, uh, you know, take a big downturn. Henrik Lundqvist, obviously, you know, one of the best, you know, best goalies of his generation, but he's 35. He's, you know, he's going to have a year where he starts to regress, and I, I think this might be the year. At the same time, he's not really getting much help in front of him. Um, Elaine Vigneault has made some very uh, strange lineup, uh, lineup selections uh, with their defense and their defensive pairings and deployment, et cetera. So I think the Rangers could be maybe not maybe not as down low as they are right now, but I don't think the Rangers are going to be good this year. Montreal, on the other hand, I think Montreal is going to be just fine. Uh, if you look at their stats again, uh, I pulled up their PDO. Their PDO is 89.99, which is incredible. It's <laughs> incredibly low. Their shooting percentage is 3%, 3.12 as a team, and their save percentage is 86.87. They got Carey Price. You know, he, he hasn't gotten off to a good start, but he's going to be okay. You know, he's going to be fine. The, 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 the Canadians are going to be fine. They're, they're definitely going to be one of the teams, I think, in the playoffs. So I wouldn't worry too much if I was a Montreal fan. Um, but we'll see. And so, like you said, let's go on to the Western Conference. All right, so in the West, who do you – um, who, who's having a good start that you think is not going to be able to sustain it? Calgary. <laughs> Mike Smith is going to implode. Oh my goodness. When I, we were, we were watching, I was watching the, the Arizona game and I was like, ah, oh, man, 
no more Mike Smith in Arizona. Like, I just miss us terrorizing him, which means he's somewhere else getting terrorized. <laughs> so I, I think I think Calgary, save, to, to quote Bob Zielinski from, from Tommy Boy, savor the flavor, kid. You throw one by me, it won't happen again. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry, Calgary. I, I mean, I'm still sorry for Calgary anyway because their whole stadium situation is just a, a barrel of uh, – uh, it's a barrel of monkeys. They're, they're all playing euchre and drinking too much high life. So, um, yeah, I, I hope I hope they – I hope I, – I, again, my personal hope is it doesn't. But, Pete, you and I, we read the numbers. Mm. We, we read them like the Matrix. We see how the market goes. It's not going to last. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, you, what, what about you? I think Calgary's a good pick there. Um, for me, the obvious one is Vegas. You know, right now Vegas is in a playoff spot. They're 3-1, they're three and one, third in the Pacific. And, I mean, you know, we, we got to see them. Uh, I, I stayed up until, well, actually both of us, you know, we're watching the game live. And so um, I really regretted signing up for the recap uh, right about 10 o'clock before the game even started um, just because I was like, oh, so I'm, I'm going to be so tired. And... I mean, Vegas right now is riding high on, a, like, I don't know, the team version of Adrenaline. You know, I think, you know, they're new in the league. You know, they're kind of, you know, um, obviously there was the horrible, you know, massacre in, in Vegas with the, uh, you know, the gunmen murdering everyone. Um, and I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I almost feel crass saying that that, like, helped them come together as a team. But, I mean, like, it, I think it did, you know. Um I think it, it helped them form a bond as a team earlier than, than otherwise would have happened. And I don't know if that had any effect, you know, if it gave them extra juice to go out there, you know, extra motivation to go out there and play hard. You know, but if you look at their roster, they're not going to sustain the pace they're on. Uh, Flurry, you know, is is definitely playing well. Um, I put in the recap when I wrote this that there there is no way he should have stayed in the game after taking a knee in the head and – you know, I, I don't know if uh, if the the five goals that the Red Wings put up after that were related to that, but he definitely did not look good. Uh, he did not look the same. You know, as long as he's okay, I mean, you know, he's going to give them solid goaltending. You know, they have enough forwards that can put the puck in the net. Obviously, James Neal's off to a good start. Probably unsustainable, but you know, he's off to a good start. He'll probably have a good year. Um, their defense is pretty horrible, you know, if you look at their roster, but they could be okay. Like, they're not going to be a good defensive core, but, you know, they could they could be fine, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with Flurry back there. But, you know, they're not going to maintain this pace. The other the other really interesting one, I think, is Colorado. You know, Colorado at 4-2. and two, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that they could – I think that this could be a team that, you know – regresses as they go on uh right now their right now their their team save percentage is 97.54 which is obviously not going to hold up <laughs> so i think colorado is another uh another team that i think is is not going to finish where they are now although if i had to put money on it it would be vegas um so what about the opposite what about uh there's a couple teams a couple teams out of the playoffs that everybody thought would be in the playoffs so what are you thinking? Oh, oh, I mean, this is—it's like a giant neon sign flashing right now. It's Edmonton. They're one and three. Yeah. I mean, I mean, can you can you believe it? They're minus six uh, on the goal differential. Uh, uh, folks, I, I I'm still holding true to my to my prediction about them um, raising a certain piece of hardware at the end of the season. Uh, but you know, I, I think that there's certainly they are still a young team, and 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 there are. 
there are times where even the most perfect hockey machine can, you know, sputter out, you know, a timing belt snaps, yada, yada, yada. So um, I think this is, I think this is Edmonton, you know, just kind of trying to re, uh, re reacquire their, their mojo. So, you know, but, and, and just do it soon, please. I, I like, I like you Oilers. I, I talk to you big and, and don't, don't do a brother like this. Please don't. Um, to touch briefly back on Vegas, at the time of this recording, and this obviously will reflect um, how Vegas can and probably will um, not sustain uh, their, their, um, their trajectory. Uh, at, at, right now, Fleury and I believe Marcheseau both are now are on the injured reserve. So uh, who, I, I forget who their backup is, but, you know, Vegas – Hey, set the record for most wins by expansion team. Great stuff. But you are about to feel the cold, steely hand of the NHL reality. Hey, welcome, welcome to the show, boys. It's, 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 time, it's time to pay your dues. Their backup is Malcolm Subban, who they picked up off waivers, and they sent Calvin Picard down to the minors, which was another, uh, you know, just, just another sign of a fantastic move by uh, general manager George McPhee in the expansion draft to – take a goaltender uh, when he could have taken way better goaltenders from other teams and then yep. send them down to the minors, and now their backup is a guy off waivers. But uh, I, I don't want to be the guy that just says that all the time, but if you, if you haven't figured <laughs> well, well, it out, I, I, I don't think that he did a very good job in the expansion draft. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. And for all the times that you're upset that you think you might be that guy, I have no problem being that guy for you. So yeah. I, I, if you don't want to say it, I'll say it. It should be fine. Yeah, I mean – if you look at Edmonton, uh, you know Cam Talbot's save percentage right now is 88.9. You know he's he's going to be better than that. It's you know he's gonna he's gonna be fine. Um, and yeah, I think Edmonton Edmonton's going to be fine getting in there. I'm trying to think if if there's another team that's out. I mean, you know if you look, you got San Jose in the bottom. You got Dallas. You got Minnesota. You got Anaheim. Um, Minnesota and, was just like decimated. They had like eight yeah. guys. Go on, uh, go on the IR. So I, I, I mean, some part of me would like the state of hockey to 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 rally around, but I, you got to, you guys got to dig deep. <laughs> you, yeah, you really do. No, I, th- I think I think Minnesota recovers. I think Anaheim. Uh, I mean, right now Anaheim's just out of the playoffs. Uh, and, and again, I mean, we know, you know, we're talking playoff picture five games in. Like, we yeah. know yeah, this is way early. This is all falling. Yeah. This is all completely yeah. conjecture. We, and, and But that's the whole point. This is what's nice is by the end of the season, we can chronologically look at how wrong we were and then look at how wrong <laughs> we'll be. So, <laughs> so it's, it's perfect right now. And then every so often we'll be trying to justify our predictions and it'll just get more and more desperate. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, Minnesota can they, they can win their last twenty games. It could happen. <laughs> we will. We will, this but, podcast uh, will become the Homer Simpson chasing the pig. It's a little airborne. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> so, so before we close close this segment out, let's talk about the two teams that are in the basement: uh, Buffalo in the East and Arizona in the West. What do you think about these two teams? Does either team have a chance of turning it around? Or are they going to be competing for the number one draft pick? <sighs> I would love to see Arizona turn it around because I think they're kind of messing with some some ma- some. I won't say magic, but I think the 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 GM Chaka. I think he's 
he looks like Cumberbatch, and Cumberbatch played Doctor Strange, and he is the uh, master of the mystic. So it's it's really nice to be more attentive to the fact that they are probably going to be messing around with uh, some some demon magic and could probably turn stuff around. I think they're being far more creative. I think Buffalo just stinks, right? Like, they just stink. Like, there's no strategy to them stinking. Like, Arizona, at least, like, hey, we got to get to the cab floor, so we have Pronger, we've got Tatsuk. So at least there's kind of a method to the suckness. But Buffalo, it's like... I don't know, like just stumbling, just like, hey, what are you? Do you want to play hockey? You can play hockey too. Let's all play hockey. And other teams come in. Like it's it's just they just seem like a sparring partner right now, and that's sad because I, I I went to one game in Buffalo. Let's say three years ago, maybe four years ago, and they have such a cool fan base. I like their arena. They have a great uh, little banner section for the French Connection. It's really cool. And I just won't be happy again, truly, if they continue to suck, like, naturally. Like, at least try to suck with, with purpose. Like, this right. this one just seems like, yeah, we're not, we're just, we're not good. We got nothing. And, you know, uh, we can be our Monday morning quarterback selves and tell them what they, what we think they should do. But obviously there are better, uh, more equipped hockey minds that are in charge over there. And we just hope that they can get their... Their, their heads out of their patoots, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. I'm it's it's I'm in, I'm indifferent. I so yeah. I would like Arizona to be um, a, a surprise, and and I would like Buffalo to um, do some soul searching. What about you? Yeah, I think I think out of the two, I think Arizona is 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 definitely the 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 one that has the best case or the best chance to to improve. You know, talking before about that, you know, that goals for percentage differential, you know, they're fifth from the bottom in terms of underperforming their expected goals. And the teams below them are Montreal, Edmonton, Dallas, San Jose, then comes Arizona, then Nashville. You know, so, I mean, (laughs) they're, you know, like in terms of like, you know, shot quality for shot, you know, because this is goals for. So shot quality for, you know, they're they're getting the chances. They're they're. They're 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 doing the right things, and I think that over time, I think those you know those goals are going to start going in. And you know, Ansi Ranta, I think he only played one game before he got hurt. Maybe maybe more than that. But you know, their backup is uh, uh, Domingue, and he is he is not ready for prime time. So if if Ranta can come back and if Ranta can play, you know, sixty games a year, or you know, I think they could be fine. Uh, I know he didn't he hasn't performed well so far but you know it's only been a couple games I think he's going to be fine. So I think Arizona definitely has a chance to turn it around. Buffalo like you said I think I think they're just going to be down with uh Vancouver as you know the bottom teams in the league. So if you're a Buffalo fan, sorry. Glad you found the podcast. Keep listening. But um you know maybe we'll get more exciting as it gets closer to uh you know the number 1 pick, the prospects that you could have. Um, you could have a, a, a you could have your own Svechnikov, and we speak speaking from experience. It's fun to say the name Svechnikov. It's really fun. It's not very fun to write it in a recap, but it's it's very fun to say. So you never know. Or Dalin, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah a, I, I like that too. Yeah. Again, the, yeah. the the point is talking about our problems together. That's how we're going to get through this. All right, so that was uh, that was a look around the league. 
Let's talk about some individual players because there's been there's been some players who have gotten off to incredible starts. There's been some players who have gotten off to not incredible starts who who were were looked to uh you know you know to be team leaders and they're not doing that great. So let's take a look. All right. So we're going to we're going to start we're going to look at the uh the the point leaders in the NHL. So we have we have a, a, a top 5 and then there's a whole bunch of players that are tied tied for with 8 points. So so let's just go there. So so Jay, I'm going to read you the list and who do you think either doesn't belong um or who do you think is like going to going to drop out is going to like really tail off. Um so up first, we got Backstrom and Kuznetsov, both with 11 points. We got Ovechkin after that with 10. Then we got Voracek with 9. And then a whole bunch of players with 8. So we got Brandon Saad, TJ Oshie, Austin Matthews, Nikita Kucherov, Sidney Crosby, Braden Point, Patrick Kane, Jaden Swartz, Johnny Goudreau, Alex Pietrangelo, Ryan Hartman, Brian Rust, Shane Gossespair, uh Mike Green, and Will Butcher. All right, so out of those, which of those ones does not belong? <laughs> Well, from the Legion of Eights, <laughs> hmm. um, I, I I think that uh, I think I think Braden Point is kind of a surprise. Um, I think Matthews is obviously going to separate himself from from the Legion of Eights here. Uh, I don't see Borchek being that uh, being that productive. Because all of his points are from assists, and there's only you, you can only help out people so much, right? You can only <laughs> dish it so much. So I I think that he's gonna kind of maybe stay in the assist and and kind of just get some goals here and there type thing. Well, what about but, Kuznetsov? Only but, has assists. He has eleven well, assists. Yeah, but all his assists probably are for Nicholas Backstrom, so that's great. But who's who's Voracek assisting? Is he just assisting everybody? I, I think I think Kuznetsov yeah. probably is. Just, it's really funny to look at this chart because you've got, uh, it's like Nicholas Backstrom, uh, three goals, eight assists, uh, plus minus three, da, da, da. And then you've got, ooh, there's a guy that's tied with him, and his percentage is zero <laughs> <laughs> because he doesn't have any goals. So it's really funny to see a guy who has sit, a sitting zero, and he's at the top of this chart. So that either, to me, that just says that these are all uh, dumb, meaningless stats, and nothing makes sense, and the world is on fire. So... Uh, so, that, yeah. so that's fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, we all know that this is early, but you know, uh, we can't not talk about Ovechkin, right? I mean, there. I don't. I don't know how you. It's nice to see. I actually would love for him to continue on that pace. What What was his? You, you said what his percentage was. What was his shooting percentage? His His shooting percentage. It's weird. It looks different on here. On here, it says his shooting percentage is twenty five point seven. But when I was looking at something else, it said his shooting percentage was like thirty four. Um, so maybe, oh, you know what? That was probably five on five. Probably five on five shooting percentage. But right. anyway, it's it's ridiculously unsustainable. Like there's no way. And actually, Backstrom's is thirty eight percent because he has three goals on eight shots. You know, so that's obviously that percentage is unsustainable. But you know, he could he could still continue that pace. You know, it wouldn't be too surprising for. Backstrom to be top five at the end of the year. I don't yeah, think. yeah, I think that there's something to be said for for him. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just tired of Backstrom wall wasting away in, in Washington. I would really love, really love for Backstrom to be part of some like blockbuster deal to, you know, either like, you know, either uh, I won't say. What other team? Like, like the Rangers or something. It just sucks because, like, Ovechkin always grabs the headlines. I just think Bastrom's been this underrated player for, like, 800,000 years. 
and he deserves better. He really deserves better. So mm-hmm. I, I, I like him at number one. That, that's kind of nice. I mean, it's not going to last because we all know that uh, 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 that either Matthews or Crosby or, or McDavid are going to decide to get up off the couch, right, and, and, and do stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy this, this little reprieve from the norm right now. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very typical-looking top ten list. Uh, as the season goes, yeah, on. I think I think it's interesting because the, the the name I didn't say was Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is is not in the top twenty. I don't think he's even in the top. Uh, it goes down to like forty or fifty. You know, he's uh, if you watch him play, I mean, he's just playing amazingly. Um, but he's you know he's he's not putting up the points that you would think. That's almost definitely not going to continue. But I think uh, one you know one thing looking at this is I think at the end of the year I think that. Um, the top three, or maybe, I'll say top five, is going to definitely feature Nikita Kucherov. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch him play this year, but you know he is—he's—he's he's playing on another level, and I think he's definitely going to be in that that group of elite forwards this year, if if not already. But I think he definitely deserves to be in that conversation of you know the the top forwards in the NHL. Also, an interesting thing is Brandon Saad. Um, you know, going back to Chicago. I don't think he's going to be like right now. He's fifth in the league. You know, I don't think he's going to be fifth in the league at the end of the year. But I think I think he could definitely be top twenty, maybe. You know, I think I think he's going to be. I think he's going to continue putting up uh, putting up some points. I agree. I think Sod is probably back in in being back in your home digs, right? Like uh, yeah. you're, you're playing with Taves and Kane again, and he just had tremendous success playing with 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 everyone in Chicago, and it's really frustrating. So I I, I don't I don't see it as a surprise that he's producing. At a, at, a, at a very satisfying rate, but you know, I just, uh, I just, I'm tired of Chicago. I'm just tired. So, so good for Saad, uh, so, but, but please. All right, moving, moving on to uh, goals, right? The goal scoring leaders, as we said before, Ovechkin, right, uh, with, uh, with nine goals. Second is Brandon Saad and James Neal. James Neal has six goals in four games, which is crazy. Then we have uh, rounding out the top ten, all with five goals. We have Oshi. Uh, Austin Matthews, Kucherov, Philip Forsberg, uh, Ehlers from Winnipeg, uh, Wayne Simmons, and Miko Zibanejad. What do you think of that? What do you think of that list? <laughs> uh, I, I think that sounds like a very typical list. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, like we said, the, the, the Crosbys and the, and the McDavid's of the world are going to make their presence felt there in, in due time. But I am just fascinated by James Neal, and it, I think. I think we are looking at the one thing that McPhee is going to try and dine out on, you know, like, hey, I picked mm. James Neal. That's a, that was a yeah. pretty good pick. And then it's like, okay, George, can you say that yeah. about anybody else? <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. now, again, little little Red Wing fan moment. It was neat to see that Tomasz Nosek was the first person to score for the Vegas franchise. That's kind of neat. Um, but then closing that little uh, little personal moment off. Um, to hell with all of the Knights. To be honest, it didn't take long to hate the Knights. Uh, and again, we're talking about the general fan outrage against teams because, you know, there's 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 a lot to be said for the teams that um, you kind of just get on your gears over time. But no, man, like I think I think I just have a very healthy hatred for 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 an expansion team. So that's that was that's a lot of fun. Um, and but they need that. Right, Pete? You know, this. This isn't about like, hey, welcome to the league. Let's go hang out sometime. Like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues, pal. So until, until otherwise, 
uh, uh, get out of my face. And, um, you know, we're looking at, we're not, I, I don't want this to be like a, like a slamming podcast, but, but I think we need to be. And, and, and what I'm, what I mean by that is I am looking at ESPN right now, you know, ESPN, the worldwide leader, right? Can we agree to this? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, sure. So I'm looking at uh, the, the, the standings here and, and, and the way things are labeled. Um, they have the Vegas Knights abbreviation as VGS. <laughs> like, so Vegas? I, I was pretty sure VGK was the, you know, was the, the, the preferred nomenclature, as, as it were. Uh, I, again, I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of these teams, a lot of these websites just spelling out the and it's really, really frustrating because I like I like my abbreviations. I like to be more into yeah. So right now I'm looking at NHL.com and it's VGK and ESPN has it as VGS. So get it together, guys. Let's get on the same page here. This is clearly the worst thing that that ESPN has done to uh, to <laughs> hockey fans. Yeah, in their, no, in their other, no other thing ever done by ESPN to hockey can even hold a candle to this grave <laughs> injustice. So. So there's that. All right. So so wrapping this up, let's take a look at the the goalies. All right. So again, it's it's really early in the year. Some of these goalies haven't really played too much. But if we're looking at save percentage leaders, you know we have a whole bunch of play a whole bunch of goalies right now who have unsustainable save percentages. Just just for the just for the you know to frame this, I was looking at the. You know, the save percentage from 2014-15 to 2016-17, right? So the last three seasons combined, the highest save percentage, uh, you know, for those three years was Carey Price with a .929, right? So we have Corey Crawford with a 960. You know, again, not sustainable. He's going to come back to earth, but, you know, he's off to a good start. Then we got uh, the top 10 going down. We got Jimmy Howard at 955, Sergei Bobrovsky at 952, uh, Kudabin from Boston is 950, uh, Semyon Varlamov is 944, Jonathan Quick 943, Ben Bishop 938, Connor Heliobuk 937, Craig Anderson also 937, and then Aaron Dell is a 935 from San Jose. Uh, in for the for that top 10, uh, two of the goalies, uh, Kudabin and Dell, have only played two games, right? Because they're the backups. Um, so again, take that with a grain of salt, Yep. but what do you think? Do you think any of these goalies that are off to this hot start, do you think they're, you know, do you think this obviously not sustainable at this percentage, but yeah. you know, which, which of those 10 goalies do you think is going to be in the top 10 at the end of the year? Well, um, I, I, as, as a big Jay Onright fan, I would say that Bobrovsky is going to be in there. I think Ben Bishop is going to re- return to some form of, Good form, I think. I think. I think. I just. I don't think Howard's going to be in there. I don't think Kadobin's going to be there. I don't think Varlamov's going to be in there. Um, I would, in my wildest dreams, I would like Connor Helbiuk to 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 be in there, just because. Like, when was the last time we had <laughs> like a like a fantasy world moment of like there's a Winnipeg goalie in the top ten, yeah. like. Like I, when was that ever? I'm I'm trying to think. I I I struggle to think. I I I perish the thought. So yeah, I, what sucks though is that I see Corey Crawford. It's like he's surrounded by such such like well-producing players, and like he, all he has to do like 
he had such like this dream job. Like, all you have to do is make the saves. That's all you have to do. You don't have to make great saves. You don't have to make stellar highlight saves. Just make the saves you make, right? And then the guys take care of the rest. And that's that's crap. That's crap. <laughs> Which is why he's probably going to be in the top ten at the end of the year. So, um, <laughs> now, surprising is that, uh, uh, let's see, where is he? Um, I mean, this probably has to do with the fact that Montreal is sucking out of the gate. But I think Carey Price is going to sh- sharpen up here. I think that's not that's not anything that's going to be in dispute. Uh, the one goalie that I am excited to watch uh, Meteoric rise from is Andre Vasilevsky. I think with another year under his belt, um, I think he's going to climb back into that top 10, at least top 15 by the end of the season. So I just need need that to happen so then I look better <laughs> uh, and, and he's tied right now with Ranta so I think you and I are nice little hangout in the back of the room taking pot shots we need these two guys to, to step up I think Vasilevsky and Ranta are primo choices so yeah I, 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 that goalie list is obviously going to change I mean you have to you have to expect a, a 2000 and what was what was the year that Halak just completely took the the league's lunch money? Was that uh, to the 2010, 2011? Mm-hmm. I forget. I don't remember. I mean, I remember it happening. I don't remember. Yeah, how long but ago. yeah, it, it was the 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 boom shock Halaka era that completely yeah. took the world by storm. Oh, so, um, yeah, that's that's what I hope happens, and um, I think we'll all be better for it. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you're looking at the goalies, I think. Uh, you know, Holtby is probably one of the biggest ones who's not in the top ten who will be. Uh, he has a 9.23 save percentage right now. And again, you know, uh, you know, all these all these ones in the top ten are, are you know higher than they're going to be at the end of the year. Um, you know, you said you said Vasilevsky. I think Vasilevsky is is going to be way up there. Um, Dubnik, Dubnik's pretty low right now. Dubnik and uh, and Darling are 8.94 and 8.93. I think they're going to be if not top ten, top fifteen by the end of the year. I was also looking up, you know, a couple numbers for goalies. So high danger save percentage. Sergey Bobrovsky has, and, and this is for goalies with uh, who have played at least a hundred minutes. And Sergey Bobrovsky has a almost a ninety-five percent uh, high danger save percentage, which is obviously really high. Holt B is up at ninety-four point four, and you know you had mentioned Corey Crawford, and Corey Crawford's up at ninety-three point three. So he's saving he's saving the tough shots that he's getting. And so I, I, I think, you know, he's going to be another, you know, I think he's going to be up in the top 10 uh, at the end of the year, even though, yes, you know, he's historically he's, he's played, you know, on a team that has, you know, kept shots down around him. And that's always been the knock about Crawford is, you know, he's more of a product of, of the system than he is of the, of the, uh, you know, his, his, his skill. But I, I, I do think he is a very good goalie. I think he's a very solid goalie and I'm not surprised to see him up there in that number there. So, yes, I mean, I think, you know, with goalies, it's, it's tough. I think we're going to have to wait at least 10, 15, 20 games, you know, to get a good gauge on these guys. Cause, um, you know, I look up, uh, Ronta and he's, he's played in three games. One of them, he only played for, I think five shots. He gave up three goals on five shots or something ridiculous like that. And, you know, he's out now, he should be back. So I think, you know, we got to wait a couple weeks, you know, month or so, uh, to see what's going on there. So that's the uh, that you know that's our look at the individual hot and cold players to start the year sustainable unsustainable let's see what happens there absolutely mm-hmm. 
Moving on to a segment that is sure to be mostly recurring, if not the only reason we'll ever have this podcast again, because it's it's something we talk about regularly. That's right, kids. Hockey video games. So yours truly has finally been able to acquire the most recent entry in EA Sports hockey franchise, NHL 18. Uh, Peter here was able to get it before me, and he was able to put some time in. Uh, I got it about four days ago, and I played exclusively threes. Exclusively. I, I made my hut team. I opened my starter pack. I was not impressed. Uh, I got a helmet and nothing to see you. That's really all I can write home about. But I immediately just dove back into threes. Uh, it, it very much reminds me of they released a NBA Jam Ultimate Edition Xbox Live Arcade game a couple years back. And it has pretty much the exact same setup where it doesn't play through, um, like, you, the way the NBA is set up is a little bit different, so it's not as wide-reaching because you're just basically playing division teams and that's it. But NHL 3s, you play, like, an NHL team and literally every affiliate that they even breathed with. Yeah. Like, there are, there are like, EA, ECHL, OHL, uh there's there's AHL, there's... Uh, it's amusing because I really wanted them to go the extra step and have, like, you know, the, the, the Superliga and, the, like, I, I, this whole thing would be even funnier just to make you play every team currently known in existence. But they, <laughs> they kept it to this part of the hemisphere, which is nice. Um, my only gripe about threes is... Every time you get a new player, the game automatically resets your lineup. Like when you set your team of who you want your center, your winger, your defenseman, and your goalie to be, and who your substitutes are, even if it's a player that's lesser than, the game just randomly resets your lineup. So, like, I usually like to just kind of stick with the flow and and play as many as possible, and then I will be the arbiter of what player rejoins I will be the arbiter of what player joins my line. So, uh, you know, it's a little tough when I'm, like, playing as Adam Henrique, and that's really great. And then all of a sudden the game's like, hey, you unlock Tyler Toffoli. I bet you want him as your center. <laughs> no. No, I don't. But other than that, I'm very excited about going deeper into this game. I actually still am excited to go on Hockey Ultimate Team as well. Um Pete, I got to tell you, I liked last year's card design more than this year's. This year's is a little too Jolt Cola for me, a little too, <laughs> I don't know, a, a little too uh, Static Shock for all you uh, WB kids, morning morning friends out there. Just a lot of lightning, a, lot of, a bit of a lightning obsession in this game, so... You know, if anybody wanted to say the fix is in about Steve Eisman and the Lightning winning the Cup this year, this game is certainly prima facie evidence. So, Pete, now that we've both had time to get this game under our belt here, I, I'm good. I'm excited to see where this goes. What have you seen? What do, what do you like? What do you dislike? No, I was going to say, so are you saying that the, the Hockey Ultimate Team designs have double the caffeine and double the sugar? <laughs> <laughs> because I believe that was the infamous Jolt Cola slogan. <laughs> the, the, the Jolt Cola promise to you yes. that we will make you twice as hyper and rot your teeth twice as quickly. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing I wanted in my life more than an all-99 Yager caressed with different strings of lightning. <laughs> so congratulations, <laughs> EA. 
You scratched an itch I never knew I had. So I think my favorite part of the NHL 3's mode has been playing with the mascots. I think I, I like that far more than I thought I would. Just something about, you know, seeing Harvey the Hound skating around the ice, you know, with this giant head. And uh, and under it, it, uh, it gives his name as the Hound, which is fantastic for all you Game of Thrones fans. Because I like to, I like to imagine that it's uh, Sandor Clegane is trying to work through his issues by scoring some goals and leveling uh, the opposition players. I've been, I've been spending a lot of time. I haven't really played too much Ultimate Team. I've, I've spent a lot of my time in franchise mode, which is, which has been pretty fun. You basically you start off, um, you, you get to do all the summer stuff. So you get to do free agency. You get to do the draft. You know, you can you re-sign your players before July first. And I will say I'm not really sure what's going on, but I found it very easy to sign Athanasiu to a very reasonable contract. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what that says, but it's whatever. And but the the downside for my Red Wings team is that Tom, uh, uh, Thomas Tatar for some reason just would not sign. I was making him very reasonable offers, and then I was giving him unreasonable offers because I didn't want to lose him. <laughs> and I don't. I don't know if there was like something in the programming that was like, nope, you are not going to keep him. But anyway, he uh, he 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 abandoned us. And the the fun thing is, it's very very easy to get rid of some of the players that you want to get off the team. Like it was not hard to trade Nicholas Cronwall. It was not hard to get rid of Jonathan Erickson. And you know, so because of that, you know, it's it, it's it's a little unrealistic. It's a little unrealistic, I, I think, but. <laughs> It's still fun. Uh, Anthony Mantha is an absolute beast, and he is so much fun to play with, and he is just scoring left, right, and center. So um, that's that's pretty fun. And you know, based on the you know the past past few games, it's uh, it's not unreasonable. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't want to you know I don't want it to be where we talk about you know NHL 18 for for 25 minutes every show as much as we both like it. But I think so far I'm enjoying it. So far, it's a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to getting into the EA, EASHL mode. I'm really looking forward to doing like a like like the three on three mode they have that this year for that. So you know you don't need to have six people. You know you can do three players. You know if you have three friends online, uh, you can you can do it. And so I'm looking forward to see what happens with that. So yeah. So uh, you know throughout the year we'll check back in and uh, you know we'll let you know what you think. Obviously you can always ask us you know ask us specific questions or if you want to talk about it. Uh, make comments, you know, we can mention them on the show. Because, again, there are going to be moments where this game is going to pop up because uh, as we as we wrap this thing up, I just want to say that the EA franchise has been known to throw many a curveball when it comes to player transactions. And, and just the reason I'm excited about the new age of this game being uh, either easy or not easy to move players uh, is because of this, my favorite moment of all time so far, trying to trade a player in an EA game. This was way back, and I think this was, I think this was NHL 10, maybe 09. I'm playing as the Red Wings, and I get a phone call. It's a trade, it's a trade uh, proposal from Philadelphia. Daniel Briere for Kirk Maltby. The game gave me that trade, Peter. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't try to force an absurd trade on a completely <laughs> fictionally run team in the video game. The game knocked on my door and said, hey, the season's going along. 
We're both professionals here. I think this is a deal that both of us can work out. What do you say? And I accepted it. And you know what the gang did? The game said, are you serious? This is nowhere near a fair trade. I don't think I'm going to deal with you ever again. Because this was around when the game started to give the GM prompts a little bit of personality. Like, oh, you're going to come at me with a paltry offer of just Kirk Maltby for Briere? It's like, no, you nincompoop. You came to me with Briere for Maltby. I'm just agreeing to what you started. What, I'm supposed to reverse haggle you? I'm supposed to look the gift horse in the mouth? So this game has a little bit of a volatility, a little bit of unpredictable notions that I'm excited to see if they happen as the year as the year progresses, Pete. All right, for our next segment, we have a question coming from uh, Puck and Bourbon on Twitter. And so the question is, what are your impressions on the game pacing this season? You know, slower, is it the same? Has the new rule enforcement made a major impact? So, Jay, what are you feeling watching these games? Are you uh, starting to look at your watch a little bit more or your, your Fitbit or your Apple Watch or whatever whatever it is that you have? I am Mugatu right now. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. This is outrageous. <laughs> I am so tired of this supposed either enforcement, over-enforcement, or the, the modifications. All this... I'm, I'm serious. All of the face-off infractions, I've I've started. I, I have to invest in one of those bouncer clicker things when you count people coming into the place. It's too much. It's too much. It needs to stop. NHL, please, for the love of God. I remember having to introduce a girlfriend one time to the game of hockey, and she always kept asking, "Why is the whistle always blowing?" And I was like, "Well, offsides is really the number one call. Like that's called like." predominantly like all all the damn time so unless something major happens just assume that it's, it's offside watching this game you are now sprinting and very clearly trying to overtake offsides as the number one call in a hockey game and it needs to stop it needs to stop peter your thoughts yeah i've only i've only been able to watch a, a few games this year and yeah i mean th- like I think there was a game that I missed. Um, I came in maybe like a half hour late, and without too much hyperbole, it, it seems like all I really missed was the same goal being reviewed three different times. It was, uh, who was it, Minnesota, Dallas? I forget which game it was, but it was like there was a goal, and then it was like, but it's not a goal, but it is a goal, but across the line, but it's not a goal. Now we have to challenge it again, and it just seemed like, you know, I don't know. It just seems like it's 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 a lot. It seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of wasted time. It seems like the the players don't really seem to understand what's going on with the faceoff infractions. Now, I'm not saying that that means that it's something that shouldn't be done. You know, for for a long time, people have complained about players cheating on the faceoffs, but it it seems like the way they rolled it out has not really worked out in terms of a a fun, um, I don't know, like a fan-friendly game to watch. It does seem to me like some of the, you know, like like that there's more stoppages than there used to be. It seems like, um, I don't know, I, I haven't seen them to be too successful so far. I think we will have to wait again, you know, until we get maybe a quarter of the way through the season, see if people adjust, see if it's worth that. 
But, I mean, it definitely seems to be something that I think is, is at least concerning. Whether or not it, it stays concerning, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I, I understand you want to, like, keep keep certain parts of the game intact while maybe try and improve other parts. I guess I, I just wasn't aware of this particular area being one that was so glaring that you needed to, like, okay, so, and I'm talking about the face-off stuff specifically. Slashing is a completely different story, but... Uh, with the whole face-off stuff, I just, I was, uh, as a fan, I wasn't personally seeing that area as a, listen, we gotta go into the war room. We need everybody to bring their freshest ideas. We need a bunch of eyes on this. We need to improve this now. I didn't see any of that with this. So to see this type of crackdown on it, especially when it's kind of hard to understand, then you've got, like, different types of, like, oh, you get, like, kind of a strike, like, oh, you screwed up, but I'm watching you, that type of thing, or you just throw people out. I mean, my biggest beef for the last 10 years has been the refs never just drop the puck. Like, it's all, it's almost MLB umpire-ish. Like, they want that singular moment to themselves. Like, you know what? I'm holding the puck, so everybody's watching me. I'm going to hold on to it for <laughs> a second later. It's like, these guys are here to play a game, sir. Like, the game is the game is chaos incarnate. You can't just wait for this, like, perfect shining moment like it's... You know, the, a miracle movie where you have the music swelling and then you're like, eh, da, 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 and then you drop the thing. Just drop the puck. All right? I, I do have to say I've, um, I, I have found a lot of joy in watching uh, Leo Komarov get absolutely infuriated when they go after his visor. I, I'm not really sure how I feel about the visor rule. I just know that that made me laugh very much, and I do want to see more of that. So that, 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 that was definitely fun. Um so we have uh, we we have a, a not a question but we have a comment and it was sent to sent to our our uh, two hundred foot pod Twitter as a DM so I'm not going to say the full name but it's from Alex um, I mean it's good but you know just because it was a DM I I don't want to you know say exactly I guess but um so this comment uh, so Jay you're going to like this just wanted to say that episode seven was great Jay's mic was not actual cancer this time oh. <laughs> 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 oh, Made it a much okay. easier right. listen. Okay. okay. Keep up the great content. Okay. All right. Well, okay. See, I, I I fixed the problem, folks. All right. I was using headphones with the mic built in, but I switched to a to a snowball mic. I think the quality is great. But as much as I'm sad, that's a great way to describe it. Because I listened to the episode <laughs> myself, and I was I was I was not happy with myself either, Alex. So. I, I I'm glad someone noticed, uh, other than Pete, because I'm sure Pete, who is just a champion for editing the brunt of these, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he would. You know, if he had longer hair, he'd be tearing it out. But for those of you yeah. who know Pete, he keeps it pretty clean, pretty 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 close cut to the to the dome. So, <laughs> well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So. Um... In our article mailbag, or our yeah, our, our whim article mailbag. Um, first of all, uh, Raw Power had a question that we were already going to talk about, which is the which team's performance to date has surprised you most. So we already talked about that, but thank you very much for uh, for you know for for giving us a question. You know, keep that up. And so this other one is from Baby Larks, and. So it's divided up into two parts, and so I'm gonna we're gonna do the first part first, and then Jay just remind me because sometimes I forget to come back to things. So we're gonna do the first part first. We're gonna answer those questions, 
And then we'll talk about, he has, he has basically two types of questions. So we'll, we'll move on to part two. So here it is. is uh, hey guys, been listening since episode one. Thank you. Uh, that was me saying that. And just wanted to let, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise that's weird. So been listening since episode one and just wanted to let you guys know that you're doing a great job. I especially enjoy the perspective you provided during last week's political controversy. Your lack of silence regarding the issue is much appreciated. So thank you very much for that. I've been listening to quite a few other hockey podcasts and wanted to know what has surprised you the most during your launch process of the show. What is the most challenging part of hosting a hockey podcast? Well, to start, we have to make sure both of us have running power to our houses. And that's literally oh my God. That's literally an issue that we've been dealing with today. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, we go a little behind the scenes while we were recording this show, we started off at about what? One o'clock. Yeah. One fifteen, maybe. Yep. And it is now four twenty two because we had a gap of at least probably two hours yep. of uh, I lost power in my house and we were in the middle of recording the uh, our second segment. And so that was not very fun. So, yeah, this has taken a lot longer to record than normal. Uh, so, yes. Running power in both places is an absolute must. Right, yeah. I mean, again, that's more of a technical what has the process been like. But in terms of actually, like, hosting a a thing, I think the most challenging thing sometimes is, um, I I mean, I'd like to think brevity is something that I'm I'm trying to work on and and some succinctness. So, I I mean, not to toot both of our horns at the same time here, but I'd like to think that Pete and I are making tremendous strides in that department. But, uh, I, I mean, the... The, the way I the reason I like this type of podcast is because I think there's a little bit more of a conversation style that Pete and I have been able to tap into that isn't just declarative, right? Not just two guys saying declarative statements at one another. So I think I think Pete and I uh, kind of hit a little bit of the the lightning rod here with having a like we're, we're I think we breathe, both bring different but cohesive. Uh, perspectives to stuff and i think i think that's i think that that could have been but it proved not to be because i because i do a a podcast with i've done other podcasts with people and it's either fizzled out or um you know just been like kind of here and there and like really you got to be able to to talk to the person like don't you know you don't just sit on the other end and and stuff so uh yeah I, i i like to think that pete and i are kind of a little away from the pack a little bit just because you know we we have we have a love for the game we're just we're just really big hockey fans and we really like to talk about it and we should both share pain and misery and joy and ecstasy with it and and not to say other guys don't but there's there I think when you're hosting something it's kind of hard to um to to quantify how nice it is to have so, to have a partner like Pete to just talk to it's nice to just talk and be and be straightforward and not be like yeah well this is my opinion and screw you <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i mean this this kind of started like i had the idea for for a long time before i even asked jay about it and you know i i definitely wanted to find you know somebody that that you know we had chemistry with and you know we were able to bounce off of each other and i mean it, it's funny because it started like, like we basically kind of realized that we could do this when we were talking online while playing hockey together, you know, while playing, you know, video game hockey, we were, you know, we were, we were chatting together on Xbox live and, 
you know, you know, we, you know, kind of like what you hear here is is pretty similar to you know the stuff we talk about. You know, we have conversations about you know different things, and and I thought that it's you know it's something that could work. But you know, for your question, you know, what is the most challenging part? I think, um, I don't know. I think like sticking to a schedule can be can be tough. We've had a lot of luck and a lot of uh, you know a, a lot of good fortune uh, getting guests. Uh, as I'm, I'm guessing people have noticed right now, this, this show we don't have a guest. We were supposed to have uh, Don Luce Chisholm from, uh, from The Athletic and from formerly of Hockey News. And it wasn't like he bailed or anything. Like uh, we, we were all set up uh, to record at a certain time, and then Jay had his schedule change outside of his control, and we weren't able to make it work. Um, but we are definitely going to have him on in the future. You know, but, I mean, I, I think you know, getting guests has been – not hard, but I mean, like, you know, it's tough because like, you, you want to think, like, who do we want to have on the show? I'm really glad we were able to have somebody like Kate Freeze on the show because it kind of mixed up, you know, you know, kind of mixed it up from, you know, just being hockey writers, you know, to somebody with a different perspective. Um, also, I mean, you know, figuring out the technical side has, you know, was a challenge. We, we you know, we did a lot of work before we even recorded the first you know, episode one, which is just short, like a little half hour one, you know, we did a lot of work, uh, a, lot, a lot of testing to try to, you know, make sure everything was good, make sure that, you know, the sound quality was okay, make sure that we could edit it together and everything. And, you know, I think like that was, that was definitely the most challenging for me, I think, was getting everything set up. Um, but on to the second part of the question. Okay, so, you know, we said in the mailbag that, you know, we were hoping to have uh, Dom on, and we mentioned he was from The Athletic, which is why this uh, this next part. So Baby Lark's second question is, if you do have a guest, um, because, you know, I think he wanted, uh, you know, to ask that to Dom, but, you know, I think we can, we can talk about it. At least I, I definitely have an opinion. I can't stress how much I'm teetering on the fence about subscribing to The Athletic. Not necessarily for money, but the commitment of taking on yet another news source. I hear great things, and I like Craig Custance and Prashanth uh, Ayer a lot. What would you say to somebody like me who reads, listens, and watches a lot of hockey already? How will The Athletic enhance my experience of hockey as a fan? So, Jay, like I said, I, I definitely have an opinion on this. Uh, like, what do you think? Are, are you an, are you a subscriber? I am currently a subscriber to The Athletic. Uh, it is actually the, the first subscription I've done in a, in a while, I used to do ESPN Insider uh, because uh, a while back they were actually kind of really decent, and that's why I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll shout out a little bit. That's fine. You know, it's, it's supposed to be the worldwide leader. You know, da, 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 da. But I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit with s sort of paid stuff and just kind of tried to piecemeal together, find, you know, local writers or you know, the, the one time either the paywall was lifted or just stuff was too good to, you know, to, to hide. But um, I I think there's something to be said for um, the national perspective can really suck. It really can. And it can be really detached. And, and you have too many people trying to be like, I'm like you. I will have the grassroots knowledge. My finger's close to the pulse. And they're not. And I think the thing that's been setting the athletic apart so far is that it is really good focused coverage on on teams because they're people who follow those teams and, and not just exclusively, but like the Detroit scene by itself, but then also people's specializations. So like having somebody like Custance uh, come over and and be the the the, the good the good the good ship captain for 
uh, for the Athletic Detroit is like phenomenal. And I've already seen a bunch of the stuff. I mean, Ken Rosenthal recently joined the Athletic, so you know, there's I think there's there's a lot to be said for the 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 writing and the perspective and 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 the storytelling that these uh, writers can have. And, and and I'm 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 for it. I mean, to to answer your question specifically, you know, it, it is it still does come down to a money thing. So there is comfortability. I jumped in early because obviously there are sign up bonuses. You know, thirty percent off first year, yada yada yada. And, and I'd like to see it from there. I, I I'm of the mind that this type of thing is valuable for them and for you and I don't mind that there's a financial transaction that needs to to take place to get that kind of coverage. Now again, I think it is a specialized type of coverage, so it's like if like if you don't watch every game and if you don't know everybody on the roster and you don't particularly care about a certain sport, then maybe the athletic isn't for you. But if you're like more than the casual, more than the hey uh, you know, uh, I didn't know the Wings played tonight, or I didn't know the Tigers or Pistons or Red Wings or any of the other teams you follow. Um, like, if you're not that, then I, I, I wouldn't go for it. But if, if you if you're more than that, I would. I'm saying yes, absolutely go for the Athletic. There's again, the, the the coverage is just just phenomenal. Just I can't say enough about it. And what's really exciting is because here we go, Pete. This is our plug, yeah. our awesome plug. Let's do it. We're actually getting. Craig Custins on this very podcast. That's right. Uh, the, the man himself will join us to talk about his awesome book. Pete, what's the name of his book? Oh, that's cool. I'm glad you threw that to me without letting me know. I'm, I know it is. Um, it's, it's, it's between the benches, behind the benches. Coaches. Yeah, I knew it was about coaches. I knew it was about yeah, coaches. Yeah. I couldn't remember the exact yeah, name. So yeah, so it's, it's, uh, we're currently in the process of, of plowing our way through that book. But, uh, yeah, we're really excited to have Cousins on. So if you are on the fence now for this episode, may we suggest you listen to the episode where we have Mr. Cousins on Maybe that'll give you a little bit more of a from from the from the mouth of the horse itself perspective on it. Um, I still think that these writers deserve a career and a, a decent compensation as such to cover this wonderful thing we call sport. So uh, I'm down. Pete, what about you? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said everything I was going to say. <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's definitely worth it. I uh, I, I subscribed. Like pretty much once they launched the Detroit one, I subscribed right away. One thing that I think makes it even more worth it than it would would otherwise be is that you know if you subscribe to the Athletic Detroit, you know you also get Toronto and all the other markets. You know you you get you know you can focus on one team, uh, but you still have you know coverage from everybody. You know they're they're doing now they're going to do like a, you know NHL coverage as opposed to just a team coverage. You know and you get you get all that for one you know for one fee for the same the same price that you're already paying. You get all that extra stuff. So. Like I said, I'm really I'm really excited to have uh have Craig on next uh next time. It's going to be uh it's going to be a fun interview, I think. And you know, I th- I think it's I think it's worth it. I think the athletic is good and um this definitely sounds like an ad. This uh, I was just thinking this sounds like <laughs> well, you'll point. never believe how you won't believe how good it feels and tastes to cook for yourself. I mean, to read the <laughs> athletic. Some of the meals that you may get in your first box are you know, I mean, it sounds so much yeah, like yeah, uh, rigatoni. It sounds like we're doing like a Seat Geek plug or something well, like that. I mean, we um, haven't really had to do one yet, so this is kind of nice yeah. that we did one sort of. 
It's good practice. <laughs> good, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so all, all kidding aside, you know, we we both think the athletic is worth it. It's definitely worth uh, worth checking out. Um, you know, as a as a supplement for your your uh, your listening to our podcast. Because everybody has their their different speeds, right? Everybody likes to take in the amount of information they think they need or want, and um, yeah, I think the athletic just again. Like I said, the the national perspective can be so detached sometimes, and yeah, they can kind of hit the broad, get the broad strokes down. But you know, especially with what most of these teams are doing for themselves right now, you know, being you know trying to hash out their contract situations, or you know, when you have surprise players, what's their story? Where where do they come from? How do they make the team? This gives you that inside perspective. That's something like a sports center or, you know, a, a late-night roundup isn't going to give you. So um, a ringing endorsement for The Athletic is great. And what's nice is it's a cool name, Pete. I, I don't think anybody's hmm. anybody's really kind of touched on that because there's other places like the, the, the Player's Tribune or, you know, the, 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 the paper. <laughs> you know, like, okay. I, I just like that it's The Athletic. And then just whatever city it's going to, it's, 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 it's encompassing, but it's, in, it's, it's focused and, and yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. And that is another episode of for sure. A 200 foot podcast episode eight is in the can. That means that we have been doing this for 16 weeks, roughly. Cause it's every two weeks. <sighs> doesn't feel that long, but in another way, it almost feels longer. So, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you for, for interacting with us online on Twitter and on uh, the Winging in Motown article. So please you know, continue to reach out to us with, uh, with questions and comments. You can find the For Sure Podcast Twitter at 200FootPod. That's 200FTPOD. You can find me at P. Flynn Hockey. And you can find Jay at the Roar underscore 24. So, like I said, thank you very much for listening. All that is left is our traditional closing of the show, which is the Doc Emmerich Verb of the Week. So, Jay, what do you got for us this time? Well, uh, it's it's really great to to be back. And, uh, uh, you know, two, two weeks is a long time to think about what verb you want to use, you know? It's a long time. You think about it, you tussle about it. But I think after making this, after making this episode, you know, I think, I think we really careened this one. We really careened down the chute. He careens us up the boards. Has a funny scars. <laughs> Jamie Ben, oh my goodness. Yeah, I think definitely with the power, the power outage, I think we definitely had to careen this one. It, it, it just, it's a, it's a, my emotions a were careening pass. as we were going. Yeah. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were really careening up and down the street, figuring out if this <laughs> nightmare will ever end. So. There you go, folks. We really careen this one. Until next time. For sure. 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 For sure, for sure.